0: This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast. Proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with another incredible edition of the official Caps Chirp Podcast. It's a Monday episode, so we're going to be talking about the stellar week that the Washington Capitals have had. It seems like they've seemingly turned a quarter, at least. <clears throat> and if you're an OG, you knew that. If you're new, welcome. Uh, on Thursdays, we're going to be having usually a uh, a guest. Actually, this season, like I said, all only only uh, guests have been on. So hoping to line up another interview there. Uh, TBD. T- TBD. Right now, but um. Let's get started with the Week in Review for the Washington Capitals and the League at Large. One, two, three. All right, Caps fans. So just to kick off some light league news, some really good stuff, uh, Jack Hughes of the New Jersey Devils apparently recorded the longest shift in NHL history, which was a total of six minutes and two seconds he just stepped on the ice at this mark on the third and played the rest of the game. That's fucking crazy. Usually an NHL shift is anywhere between 30 to 45 seconds on average. This is like six or seven times that. Uh, I was too lazy to really dig up what the who he beat out or when it was, but in recent memory, back in the day, I remember Kovalev, who was playing for the Rangers back when, like I believe... Mike Keenan was coaching the Rangers, um, was, did a, did like a five minute shift and that was madness back then. Um, I'm pretty sure Keenan probably tore him a fucking new one. Cause he's a terrible person, but, uh, that's, that's my vast recollection of, of hockey history. Um, a six minute shift is insane. Uh, but Hey, he's a 22 year old kid. He's got the wheels, right? So good for him. Uh, I think the devils ended up, losing that game, but um, I mean, you got to think if you're a Devils fan right now, you got to be so pumped to be watching these guys. They're an absolute wagon. They're winning. They're young. You've got guys taking six minute shifts to fucking, you know, ready to die for any cause. Good stuff. Um, they, uh, they scare me. I told you in the beginning of the season, the Devils are scary. You can't sleep on them, but phew, they're at another level right now. I thought they might like eke into the playoffs in a division spot. Uh, right now it looks like they're going to be dominating the Metro, which is just fucking wild. Uh, moving on though, Mitch Marner is on a 22 game point streak for the Maple Loafs in modern NHL times. Pat Kane did 26 games in a streak that was in 2015. Um, but really, I mean, you got some nineties players mixed in, uh, ahead of Marner and, uh, you know, just kind of, of course, like the 70s guy, the guys from the 70s when goalies were just like smoking cigs and drinking beer in between periods. Um, <clears throat> Gretzky, uh, unsurprisingly, is on this list several times. He's got two 30-point streaks, and he owns the number one spot at 51 games, a 51-game point streak. That's more than half a season, folks. That's considerably more than half a season. Um You know, that's one of those maybe unbreakable records that Gretzky has. Um, And I mean, you know what? But then again, hey, we thought that uh, the goal-scoring record was going to be totally unbreakable. And look at where we are now. All right. Let's move on to injuries. Very impressive news out of Pittsburgh. Um, You know, typically I hate to see anything good happen to them, but... Letang only missed 12 days, days, not games, 12 days um, before he was back in in-game mode for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Apparently doctors said that he could play and that hockey would not affect his, um, the strokes that he had. Um, i I guess that's good. I mean, I really hope that they're not rushing him back into play. I highly doubt the penguins would do that to probably one of their best all-time defensemen if not the best all-time defenseman um of their franchise but crazier shit and worse shit has happened for sure um I definitely hope that he is truly okay to play and and from what he you know his his last game I mean he still got like 22 minutes on the ice which is a lot uh that's that's first pairing minutes um and he ate him up In fact, for Letang, that's probably like, you know, taking it easy in a game. Um, so again, congrats. I hope, I'm glad that he's okay. I, I hope that this is the end of it. Um, it's, it's crazy to think that he's had two strokes before the age of 35. Uh, and, and one of them, you know, was due to a, a heart, a a small hole in his heart. So that's been fixed or at least remedied in some way, um, and that was years ago, so hopefully this isn't – this is maybe just like residual effects of it, very minor residual effects of that uh, injury, and and we'll see. I mean actually it was a birth defect. It wasn't actually an injury, so uh, crazy. Wish him the best. Crazy to see him out on the ice again and good for him. Tori Krug. I don't know if you remember that guy. He's been on the shelf for quite a long t- time. Um, and has been a bit injury prone since leaving Boston, which was years ago. Um, he's going to make his return Sunday for the Blues. That's going to be a well-needed uh, personnel boost for the Blues. Uh, Michael McCarran out indefinitely to the Players' Assistance Program. He's a he's a Nashville Predator. Uh, hope everything's okay there. Usually, when when these things go down, you never really get to see exactly like when when it when it when the announcement comes out you never really uh get an explanation as to like what is ailing said player but uh yeah that's a uh that'll be a mystery we'll keep you up, updated on that Nathan McKinnon for the currently out of the playoffs Colorado Avalanche is out a month with an upper body injury that's a huge blow to that team um they're really going to need to have that next man up Uh, mentality. The Colorado Avalanche actually are the outside looking in with less points than the Washington Capitals. They're the number, they're the first team out of a wild card spot. Uh, you know, that the next team up is, is Calgary with, with 30 points. And, uh, in the central Minnesota also has 30 points. So that could literally change in one game, but, uh, interesting stuff to see McKinnon out, uh, I wonder if this may be uh, the start of the true Stanley Cup hangover for the Colorado Avalanche. Voracek, who was shipped over to Columbus, could miss the rest of the season with a concussion. Um, he's been doing pretty good for the Jackets, who are actually the a basement dweller with only 20 points, the very bottom of the Eastern Conference. But um, <laughs> sucks to see somebody, uh, you know, an older player who is brought in to really get things moving uh be out so so early in the season with a concussion to possibly miss the rest of the season Dimco for the uh Vancouver Canucks out 6 weeks with a lower body injury and Bertuzzi out 6 weeks following surgery for an upper body injury for the uh for the Red Wings Dimco's obviously for the Canucks it you know the past few Episodes past few weeks really has been very light on injuries, uh, surprisingly so. But as we pass like the quarter uh, and and get into towards the halfway mark of the season, you start to see the effects of hockey being played every other night at game speed uh, start to wear down on these teams. I think that's what we're seeing right now. You know, you every team in the NHL expects to be banged up a little bit. Obviously, the Washington Capitals are the worst. They're actually literally the worst along with Philly um, uh, who has like the most dollars off of cap still on the shelf. So, you know, obviously it's hard to feel bad being in our situation for a team that's banged up, but um, you know, there's, there's some bright spots, I guess, in this, including Letang uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So guys are coming back, but more, more hitting the shelf. We'll obviously let you know. Every week we do an injury update, but these are the notable ones that we saw. Suspensions. Again, this was a somewhat quiet segment in the past, a few weeks, but I guess as bad blood uh, teams start seeing each other multiple times in the short season, uh, things boil over. Jeff Skinner ended up getting three games on a cross check straight to the jaw of Jake Ginsel. Um this play was pretty egregious. He definitely deserved three games for this. I mean, it was a full-blown cross-check right to the jaw. Um, what had happened was Ginsel took a little slap at the goalie after a shot at, uh, on Buffalo, and um, Skinner kind of chases him all the way up to the point, uh, gives him a cross-check. Ginsel throws a little bitch-ass slash that looked to hurt Skinner. Skinner slashed him back and then just started going crazy with the cross checks, hitting him in the shoulder and then secondarily into the head when where which basically folded Gensel, uh, which, you know, who wouldn't get folded, taking a full on cross check to the chin and, uh, you know, took it to, took it to the ground and everybody else kind of broke it up. Uh, I'm don't know what the call on the ice was, but I'm sure it was like a match penalty uh, which means that they would have to trigger an automatic hearing uh, in a match penalty for a supplemental discipline. And the league handed down three games. So I don't know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes there. Alexiak also got three games for a high hit on, on uh, Alexiev. So if you were watching a Seattle game, uh, Alexiak comes in very high on Alexiev hits, hits him, Alexia falls immediately to the ice and needs help and goes straight down the tunnel. So adding to the adding to the injury was the Washington capitals, the another defenseman <laughs> bites the dust, unfortunately. So speaking of the Washington capitals, we're going to start up the Washington wrap around, but first, hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with Jack King Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Folks, if you like to sport bet, DraftKings is by far the best. Definitely do that. Use code THPN. Get that that little bonus that they give you. And, you know, just know in your heart that it helps me. And I think that's probably enough for you to really go to the ends of the earth if uh, if you ask me on really anything that, that I may ask. So uh, please do that. Use code THPN and thank us later. Let's talk some caps, huh? The Washington Wraparound? All right, caps fans. So like I said at the top of the show, the... I had pegged the Caps in a little bit of reverse karma to go uh, literally winless this last week. That would have been three losses. I know we play tonight, uh, right? This is Sunday as as per tradition. But uh, I know that we – or I said it was four to one. My plan we worked. We went uh, – or I mean I'm sorry – I said we would go 0-3. Oh, My plan worked. We went 3-0. and oh. um, You know, at any time, you know, I'm just kind of waiting for the league to call me for a, a, some sort of GM position. Uh, you know, the Washington Capitals, I still haven't heard from them being, I don't know, some sort of statistician, head coach, owner, who knows. I mean, I'll, I'll even take like an assistant owner position, um, you know, hit me up, Teddy. But let's get into it. On the Monday, the 5th, we're in Edmonton at 8.30. Uh, so that's, I guess, what, Edmonton's central time or mountain time, something weird. Lindgren is in net. Um, Darcy Kemper does not make an appearance this entire week. He is officially on injured reserve. The first, the, the Caps really just come out swinging. Uh, fire brightly burning under their asses. Love to see it. First period ended even on the board. Even though the Caps did have 22 shots compared to the Oilers' 12. Uh, Skinner for the Oilers was excellent in net. That. Uh, that's my really my only takeaway from the first. I thought the Caps really dominated, really negated the speed of the Edmonton Oilers, of that top line, and kind of dummyed the defense there. Skinner was the really only one that was keeping them in the game in the first period. The second period opened up with a blast past Lindgren by Kulak you know just typical Caps hockey here start start have an incredible period hit a hot goalie and then as soon as the second starts just let one up unreal that that's a real kick to the pants but you know whatever and then about halfway through though uh, the aggressive caps for check found linchpin to the Stanley Cup. Lars Eller opened in front of the net where he dangled Skinner. Really, the only way that we could have beat this guy was for with greasy goals and, um, you know, making him move with well, like a one on O uh, with him in the goalie, with the shooter in the goalie. And Lars Eller cashed in and buried a very much hand team hands team's goal. Love to see it. Uh, Lars Eller haters, you know, eat it. A few minutes passed and J J C John Carlson made an ill advised pass attempt right to Connor McDavid, who obviously skated it down and buried. It was a short handed goal. Uh so the at this point the Oilers are up two one. Uh but during that same power play the caps just piled on chances until Oshi got fed in the bumper from behind the goal and buried it on a one timer. You know, you look at TJ Oshi's return to this lineup and how important he is and just an energy and and on the score sheet, uh, night in, night out, it's the same thing with TJ Oshi. The guy's a pit bull. I love to see him uh back in the lineup and, and killing it. So he ties it up, period ends at two a piece. Um good period overall, obviously the JC pass. A lot of people are probably going to say like, "Oh, hey, you know, that was all his fault." It wasn't. It wasn't. That was a he had the pass in the air, and Connor McDavid bats it out of the air, retains possession, and then he's gone. I mean, you know, that's quote unquote greatest player in the world shit. It's wild to me that he plays like Connor McDavid plays every position on the ice. He's you know he plays the power play, he plays the PK. He's playing uh, five on five, obviously. The guy's gifted, to say the least. So, you know, just torches and pitchforks, put him away, douse the torches on J.C. there. It wasn't a great pass, but it was in the air. I mean, who picks that off and then takes it down to Barry? Brutal. In the third period, the Caps are continuing to pile on uh, and then... Alexei Protas had himself a fucking period. A really great period for him from the big man. Um, he had like three breakaways until finally he used his creativity to get the breakaway position. And as two guys are like draped on him because he's so huge, he does a little turn and just a little dish drop uh, right to Dowd, who buried the game winner. This was... Uh, I mean, the Caps... Up to this point, had some insane sequences and shots on Skinner, but they just couldn't get it done on on the on the first shot. This is, you know, other than the power play goal, uh, you know, we had to dangle Skinner for one, and then this is a, more of a gritty fourth-line goal. I mean, yeah, we got a great opportunity. Uh, you're going to get those against the Swiss cheese defense of the Oilers, but at the same time, like, what a heads-up play. Protus... Uh, I think that one of his really underrated qualities, you know, on the surface, he's a massive guy. He's got pretty good skating ability, a good shot, good hands. But I think one of his more underrated qualities is that he's got his head up a lot. He tries to make the smart play at every time he touches the puck. And that's really paid off for him, especially in this game, assisting the game winner, doing it all on his own. Just kind of, you know, dusting it off for Nick Dow to bury. I love it. The Oilers defense had or the Oilers definitely had chances late in the game, but Lindgren stood tall and the caps hung on for a win. Um, you know, obviously McMichael got his. It's almost automatic. You kinda gotta give him a goal every time he plays you. But uh, you know, I, I think that the goaltending for the Oilers made this game much closer than it appeared as far as the gameplay goes. He was absolutely standing on his head. I think that from the get go on in this game, the Caps just jumped on the Oilers like flies on shit and just never stopped. I thought it was a great game or all around and even better to see our fourth line who's been really a stalwart part of this team ca- finally cashing in. Alexei Protas really coming to his own. You love to see these young guys who are getting, you know, for the most part, starved for minutes, um, and producing and also being visible out there. I think he gets a overlooked in that uh, Protus gets overlooked a lot in that fourth line row because you know we have the fan favorites. We got Hath, we got we got Dowd on on that fourth line, and we love them. Um, and Protus is kind of like the new guy, uh, but I definitely think that you know Alexei Protus is probably better than a fourth liner in the NHL. Uh, but it's awesome to see him just owning this position and 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 contributing as well. Um, you know I'm gonna say it I, I think that Alexei Protas is the player that Conor McMichael stands wish Connor McMichael was you know you look at a McMichael and he's undersized and he's not a physical player I understand and you know we'll call him a finesse player or a skill guy but uh you know I think Alexei Protas is also that but also a behemoth so I don't know um from what I've seen with McMichael as well, he's not exactly lighting it up in the AHL. Again, uh, he may be a bargaining chip at deadline, but I really don't think that the Washington Capitals are going to get a great return for him. He was a first-round pick, you know, first overall for the Washington Capitals. He may go for like a third or as a, as, a, as a kicker for another player, which involves multiple of our players going the other way. Um, anyways, back to Protus. I hope this is a trend. I hope that he continues to perform well. And that is a 3-2 win for the Washington Capitals to start off the week on a Monday. Hell yeah. Moving on to Wednesday, Capitals took a trip to, isn't it, the city of brotherly love? You know, see, so this, this is where I need Pauline is geography shit. Um, on the 7th, in Philadelphia, 7 p.m., um, pretty much a stomping by the Caps on, on Philly. 4-1 win. In the first is a shaky first period. Obviously, uh, a Tortorella team is going to want a little bit of revenge. Uh, I think the Caps had opportunities, uh, but both sides really took quite a few penalties. The... Flyers were trying to muck it up a little bit, slow the game down for sure. Um, and honestly, overall, this game was an absolute slog. It was just lots of whistles. I think that uh, Craig Lachlan, to, like halfway through the game, said there were fifty-five whistles already halfway through. The Flyers do score though, for, score first though, off a of Kevin Hayes shot from outside on one of those uh, power plays that. The Caps let him have uh, in the first period, but almost immediately after, <laughs> Olvi almost had a highlight reel from his knees as he collected his own rebound, but it hit C bar and out. The Caps struggles, sp- the caps struggled getting shots through, uh, but do in the period with a power play down one nothing that will spill over into the second. In the second, the second was again slow with more penalties caps couldn't cash in on that one that, that came that that spilled over but the there were more after that so don't worry finally the caps do score on one with a uh with a one timer again from TJ Oshie. that's back to back one tees from Moshe babe caps playing a uh, kind of a weird 212 on the power play at times here interesting look with Ovi in the middle um, but kind of over to the side and then like a two on two or two one two type uh two man game up top, siphoning it down low to below GLE or the goal line, and then shifting the formation a bit to move the defensive formation and open up Oshi in the slot. Is uh I'll take it. You know, fuck it. Uh, this is something new. Um though say what you will about Blaine Forsythe uh you know I also sometimes think that he should you know he may have worn out his welcome but at the same time you know he does shit like this and the the offense does stuff like this where it's it's like hey at least they're trying (laughs) and I guess that's really all we can ask for um so yeah (laughs) uh The Caps, I think at this point, were really playing down, you know, throughout the second, down to the competition. Now, to Philly's credit, they slowed the game down. They committed penalties. They drew penalties. They played Philadelphia hockey. And the Caps, you know, followed suit right in. So, you know, through the second, it's like a 2-1 game. Going into the third Again, just kill, still slogging on. I felt like this game was really like the total time of two games. Both teams really just shitting it up out there in the third where it continued. Tons of whistles. Finally, halfway through, though, um, just a wounded duck shot on net from JC was tipped by Strom uh, as a, on a high tip and into the net. That's great. Flyers try to fight back, but it's a little too late. And then OV scored not one, but two empty netters. And Kaneki had a piss baby tantrum, slashed Ovi after his second empty netter, and then threw a shot at his chest, and then Ovi pumped him a bunch in the face, and that's exactly what he fucking deserved. So, good for Ovi to stand up. Uh, Kinecki, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, but I guess stay relevant, but Caps win. It wasn't a good look. It wasn't a great looking game at all, Uh, but that is the end of the road trip. The... Caps end at 500 on both the trip and the season. So we're 500 on the overall and 500 on this road trip at this point. And we grabbed half the points available on, on the road trip. It was a tough road trip. I mean, we went west and then came back. Um, the And then this really, I think, is kind of a turning point for the Washington Capitals season. I, you know, knock on wood. I hope they continue through. Um, and they're keeping playoffs within striking distance. Uh, all in all, the Caps had this long road trip, season long road trip, by the way, and came home unscathed. It is, it is they just came home the same way they left. Um, and which is with this depleted lineup, a good, not great outcome of, of a season long road trip. So, like I said, Caps 500 at this point, not much you can ask for. Friday, though, the Caps really turn it around. With a 4-1 win against Seattle, the boys come out buzzing. They're slinging the puck around, putting a lot of shots on net. Unfortunately, it's fruitless as Larson buries from the blue line through a multiplayer screen at the end of the period. Very typical Caps hockey, you know, just pile on one lucky shot from outside through a screen, gets past Lindgren, and uh, Caps going to the second period down one nothing. They do though uh, not fold after being down one nothing and keep their noses to the grindstone in a five minute and five minutes into the second, Anthony Mantha baby, a guy who last week you know was harping on a little bit needed to really step up and show his scoring prowess finally does bury one his seventh of the campaign um, which is also Alexiev and Irwin's first apples on the season It was a bit of a greasy goal again this is a place where Anthony Mantha I think you know while his shot is deadly from outside while he is considered a, a sniper uh, his size indicates that he should be able to sit in front of a goalie and bat a couple in and when you when your shot's not letting you down, You know, when the driver off the tee is letting you down, you got to go to the three wood or maybe an iron, right? So you definitely want to sit in front of the net and simplify your game and bat an easy one in. Uh, And Mantha did exactly that. At this point in the game through the second, you know, five minutes into the second, the Caps are leading shots 17 to 8, which is pretty much utter domination. Grubauer standing tall this whole game. But halfway through the period, as we discussed earlier, who, Alexia, Alec, Alexiak, who uh, received a three game, he received a, a major and a match penalty for this high hit on Alexiev, which triggered an automatic suspension hearing or supplemental discipline hearing where he got an additional three games. He threw this hit on Alexiev, who was injured down the tunnel immediately. Um, You know, and again, like I said, it's a major, which means you're in a a match, which is an injection, which automatically triggers a hearing. Um, Remember the two five minute majors are unreleasable. So this is, you know, at this point, caps know they're getting shots. They've got to be salivating here. Unreleasable five minute period. So infinite goals can literally be scored uh, uh, for, for the team who has the power play here. Well, anyway, we didn't do much with it and looked like it was going to be a wash until a two on one saw Sonny Milano dish to Mojo, who hit Grubauer high with the shot on the shoulder. The left shoulder deflected over and in. Really the only, I mean, even with this, this play on the power play, uh, Grubauer was there for the shot. It was just a good, hard shot high and away that hit his shoulder, fluttered in the air, and then crossed the goal line behind him. Way to gut it out, honestly, for the Washington Capitals. Um, throughout the second, the Caps continued to pile on shots. They were not resting on their laurels, something that we have seen and complained about in the past. Uh, I think the Caps really have have uh, owned up to this workmanlike kind of attitude where they need to create a ton of chances. You know, you don't have the skill where you can, you know, rag the puck around, pass it a bunch of times, be fancy. Go for the tap in play, make it look good. Sometimes you just gotta win by attrition. And I think that that's really where the Washington Capitals are headed right now. And that's how they played this last week and on the road, uh, for some stretches. But I think these, like I said, these, those, these last few games is really where they're, they're starting to get it. Um, so awesome stuff. Um, the third, as we move forward, started out okay. Uh, the Caps had chances, uh, the best of which came off a rush when OV did a between-the-legs dangle and then a cross-crease dish, which connected, got a good shot on net, stuffed by Grubauer, and then Grubauer stopped two more rebound chances by two different players in the exchange. Um, just an incredible sequence by Philip Grubauer. Love to see him being successful, and, and he still got it, ladies and gentlemen, for sure. Um, shit then got dicey (laughs) a little bit, uh, as the Kraken started to tilt the ice, uh, the rest of the period and the caps committed two penalties while this whole kind of, uh, shift in momentum was going. Uh, I wouldn't say that the Kraken are the most gifted offensive powerhouse, but their players are all very sneaky and good at finding the open and soft areas on the ice. A la, uh, Daniel Sprong. That's a, that's a guy who we know. Wasn't exactly he was basically a defensive liability. Wasn't exactly a puck board battle winner. But if you could find him in a soft area where he likes to be, the guy's shots deadly. You know Andre Burakovsky, kind of the same way. Better defensively than than Spronger, but at the same time, not exactly a guy who you're gonna send in on a fourth line role to 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 gut it out in the corners and win puck battles. Instead, you want to find guys like Andre Burakovsky open with time to unload that very formative uh, wrist shot. Um, Luckily, though, we got an empty netter off Lynchman of the Stanley Cup, Lars Eller, and then an empty netter by Ovechkin, who also, during this shot, uh, ran over Berkey while scoring. Uh, I kind of love that. That's 796 goals, the past three of which are empty netters, uh, he ends up passing Wayne Gretzky as the empty netter all-time leader. I mean, just another record bites the dust. Uh, another notch on the Ovechkin's belt there when it comes to scoring. Grubauer and Lindgren were absolutely excellent this game. Both goaltenders, you know, I think Rubauer had more of the workload, but when we, need Char- when we needed Charlie Lindgren to step up, he absolutely did, especially halfway through the third period when things were getting a little sketchy as far as the Caps committing penalties and letting the Kraken kind of dominate possession and play in our own zone. So hats off to them for sure. I think, and and you know, I think that Lindgren knew this because as soon as that first empty netter was scored... He did a little sell himself. This was right, bef- right before that empty netter was scored. He was just getting piled on. Had to make a couple great stops, and uh, you know, great to see the immediate after effect is we retain possession. Lars Eller is a long distance empty netter. So, in the past weeks, we've discussed. I think the past couple weeks I've been on this. There's a new strategy for the Washington Capitals. You know, in the past. Creativity, you know, mixed with the power forwards that we have, was good enough to just, you know, pile on and find twine almost at will. Uh, You know, say what you will about our power play struggles in the previous years, but at the same time, usually there were large swaths of the season where the power play figured it out. It's no different this year. I think our penalty kill is much better, but the overall strategy, five on five, and really kind of all game is bulk shots and greasy goals. You look at our wins, you look at the goal, the shot totals for the past few day, a few games, and you see us dominating in that stat. Now, you know, I think Barry Trotz was one of those guys who was like, uh, you know, really kind of focused on the exception to the norm when it comes to Corsi and Fenwick, which is if you just get the puck past the blue line or even before it and attempt to make a shot that could... Skew Corsi to your favor, right? So, shot attempts are what Corsi and Fenwick are uh, predicated upon, and that is an indication of possession, right? If you're able to make more shot attempts, you are then, um, you know, considered to have more possession. Now, possession, Allah having it the puck on your team's stick is much different from what we're talking about. And it makes sense that this is why this is tracked because you like a shot attempt, you know, you can have the your, the puck in your own zone and and hold it forever. And that does nothing to help you win the game. So shot attempts are why, you know, where you have to shoot the puck towards the net to score, obviously. So that is why uh, possession is, is translated into this action on the ice. Now, the Washington Capitals have gotten shots through and are looking for rebounds and looking for greasy goals and trying to capitalize when they have uh, a special teams opportunity. And that is what has really led to our success here. I really believe it. I said that, hey, when when your lineup is void of talent, um, what you need is shots. You need to get shots on net and you need to follow them into the net, crash the net, and pick up some greasy rebound goals or some you know, scrambles in front of the net where you find a, a in-close uh, person who's open to bat one in, cross-crease or something like that. In any case, the game quickly becomes more focused around the slot area and that home plate area in front of the net and winning the battles there. Uh, you know, as good as our defensemen are at putting the puck on net, you know, it's really unreliable and, and unsustainable for to expect them to be potting in first-shot attempts from the blue line. That's just not really how it happens. Um, And you can tell that by the way that the Washington Capitals have adjusted, you know, before John Carlson and and, uh, Gustafson and, you know, even Jensen and Irwin who were putting the shots on uh, and Orlov when he was happy, healthy was probably looking for a guy, maybe adjacent to the net for a tip in, uh, you know, trying to pick a corner. Now they're just hammering it, hammering it on net. And that's what we want. Same with the forwards. They're getting past the blue line. They're getting to the top of the circles and they're putting it on net. Simplifying the game in this way is something that requires less talent overall. I mean, just to put it plainly. And I think that's what Laviolette and the coaching staff has identified. And I think that that's been the key to success for the Washington Capitals offense in the past several games. I hope to see more of it once we get our talent back in the lineup. I think that that may change a bit on the top lines, but I think that for, you know, our middle six, that's still going to be our key to success coming in through the rest of the season into the playoffs. This is when teams are tight too. I mean, this is something that coaches harp on all the time. We just need more shots, we need to get them on net and clean up some some garbage. So the special teams is something that we can't negate either. The Caps PK is good and getting better which indicates that the defense has finally figured it out. I was gassing them up at the beginning of the season and they came out flat. I think that they're starting to figure it out for sure, even through the depleted lineup. Uh, You know, it's just enough feeling sorry for themselves. They realize this is their station in life at this point and they're going to have to be top notch night in and night out. And I think that they have been. Um, And that translates into the PK as well. Uh, the, The power play is starting to find its legs a little bit as well. So, Everything is, is, is really trending in the right direction for the Washington Capitals. I think that Lavulette deserves a lot of credit. You know, two weeks ago, I think hockey Twitter was ready to fire <laughs> Lavulette, but I had you know when you make this type of shift on a team that's used to being able to, to dangle and to make things happen out of nothing, um, when you don't have this type of lineup around you anymore, you really have to simplify the game and with that, like I keep saying, Bulk shots, greasy goals. Reverse karma did work on my part. Um, so, you know, I'm not trying to take full credit, but I will take half credit for the last week. Three wins. I said they'd go 0-3. Instead, they went 3-0. and You're welcome. Uh, and the Caps are officially on a winning streak for the first time in uh, this season. So that's great. 20-ish, almost 30 games in. <laughs> this is really where we need to start catching fire. I told you that the first two months of the season were going to be brutal with injuries that got even worse. And the first two months were tough. I mean, the competition was, was, was crazy. Now we're starting to see kind of cupcake teams. You know, this next week we've got Chicago, uh, we've got Winnipeg and Toronto, you know, Toronto is kind of like Edmonton. I think they're a little deeper, but you know, questions on goaltending and, uh, on uh, goaltending and defense remain present in that town. We may see Ilya Samsonov uh, in between the pipes there in ter- or versus Toronto. They're coming into town. Um, Chicago should be, you know, we should just dummy them, honestly. Uh, tonight we have Winnipeg. That'll be an interesting game to watch. This is going to be a challenge. You know, these are – this is probably a team that's more like Seattle. And, uh, you know, we're we're really looking to, to – to bury them as well. Um, There are some problems though. There are some problems. Kemper is officially on IR. We've lost another D-man in Alexiev. Young kid that really sucks. High hit. Who knows how long he'll be out, especially if it's concussion related. Uh, The goalie situation is a bitch, but Orlov does seem to be on his way back. He's been skating um, in practice, full practices, With a contact jersey, so I would think he's, within the next few games, going to be back in the lineup. And Wilson is also skating in practice, non-contact jersey still on. He's probably more than a month out still. And then Backstrom is slow going as expected. We may not see him for the rest of the season. Hags, Malenstein, Brown. I expect all these guys to be toast for the next month as well. You've got Malenstein with surgery, Brown's long TIR uh, with... A knee injury and then hags with the eye injury and everything else his career may be kind of over unfortunately which sucks Uh, next week's games including winnipeg which we'll cover next week we've got winnipeg on sunday which is today so you're probably you're going to be hearing about this uh and knowing the result tuesday uh chicago in chicago Thursday, Dallas at home. Now, this was kind of a you know you got Jason Robertson over there leading the league in goals, uh, a really talented young guy. That team is definitely a wagon right now, so they're going to be the hardest team I think to beat this season, this uh, this um, week. And then you have following that up with Toronto at home two days later on Saturday. I am going to be conservative with my prediction and say. That the Caps are going to go 500 out of these four games, two and two. You heard it here first. I don't know. You know, I I would love for them to overperform at this point in the season. Over a week, we really need to win more games than we lose. Uh, but this week may be a wash for the Washington Capitals. Last thing I want to talk about, and and I didn't, I forgot to mention this, but. The last game, going back to the Kraken game, when we were in Seattle, <clears throat> Lavulette was fucking fuming in the post game. I think he had like a 15-second interview, and he was like, I hated everything. It was all trash. This is a terrible game for us. Uh, fucking embarrassing. Kicks a trash can into the locker room, you know, uh, Letterkenny style. But you look at how, we, how that game versus the, the last Seattle game, which was on uh, Friday – night and day comparison between the two teams that showed up for the Washington Capitals. You know, at this point, Laviolette knew what the – and the coaching staff at large knew what Seattle was about. You know, they're still kind of a new team. And then it looks like they made immediate adjustments. Obviously, they're not thinking, you know, hey – from Seattle to Seattle, we need to go in and make all these adjustments. Um, I think that for them, it's more of a day in and day out. We need to make these adjustments and build upon them, and build upon them, and build upon them. Then the day before the game, during film, obviously they're talking about things f- with the wash with the team, saying like, "Hey, look out for this guy. Look out for this guy." TJ Oshi, you know, if you get in another fight with Yanni Gord, please don't get injured. Uh, you know, things like that. More specifics, but if you look at the Seattle to the Seattle. Time range and sample size. The Caps really turn it around and are back in it, baby. So the Washington Capitals, you know, still have a lot of time to go. We're not halfway through the season. It's not even Christmas yet. It's not even the new year. But right now it does look like they've turned quite a drastic corner and they're trending upwards. So let's bring that into next week. Let's not get embarrassed next week and let's continue to build on it. It's a long season. Uh, and let's get into the playoffs. All you need to do is punch a ticket to the dance, and you've got a shot at the cup. Until next week, Caps fans, stay positive. <laughs> I know it's hard, but until Thursday, sorry, not next week, Hockey Troll, signing off. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet on social, and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere check them out oh we're not friends anymore